Christy, a Trekkie till I die. And I'm Kitty, trained in the ways of the Jedi. Grab a cup of Earl Grey. Or a mug of Andorian Ale. And join us in our mission to seek out new life and new lessons from Star Trek. Today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 6, Where No One Has Gone Before. Dun, dun, dun. Excellent. The star date is 41263.1, not that you care. The Enterprise meets up with the USS Fearless, so they can beam aboard one Mr. Kaczynski. A Starfleet propulsion expert who claims to know the secret formula for making ships go faster. He's accompanied by his assistant, an alien from Tau Alpha C. Immediately upon beaming over to the Enterprise, Kaczynski starts in with his douchebaggery. I apologize for nothing. Complaining about the captain not being there to greet him, and then demanding to be taken to engineering. Glances are exchanged between the crew, and you don't have to be a Betazoid to know what they were all thinking. What, what an arrogant blowhole. Down in engineering, Kaczynski continues spewing out ridiculous calculations and insulting people. The Traveler enters various formula into the computer as Wesley looks on, and after Kaczynski is satisfied that all the proper specifications have been entered, he tells the captain that they are ready. Captain Picard orders LaForge to take the ship to warp 1.5. And then, the Enterprise suddenly accelerates to an impossible speed, hurtling through space and landing 2.7 million light years from home in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> I like what you did there. <laughs> Kaczynski is super happy about the whole thing, and he's singing his own praises and accepting the Nobel Prize in his head. And Wesley has figured out that the Traveler's actually responsible for the, quote, success of the warp engine upgrades, and that Kaczynski is a complete and utter fraud. Wesley tries to tell Riker that during the warp test, the Traveler appeared to phase in and out of reality, but Riker dismisses him without listening. Shut up, Wesley! Picard orders Kaczynski to take them back home. When Kaczynski begins the second test, Riker finally witnesses the Traveler phasing in and out and eventually collapsing from exhaustion. As the ship is flung even further, this time landing a billion light years from home. Oops. That's a long way from home. That's a long way. Now, the Enterprise is at the edge of the universe where none have gone before, a place where thoughts become reality. And what's worse, they're stuck there with an insufferable know-it-all who has no clue how they got there or how to get them back. Royal Jack Wagons, Time Space Management, Klingon Targs, and Captain Picard's mom in today's episode of Lessons from Star Trek. Okay, so let's talk about this thing. Oh, let's do it. So what did you think about um, Kaczynski? Oh, douchebaggery is real. Oh, it is like, so real. He's bigger than a bag. Mm? He might be like the grocery cart. <laughs> he might be like the douche grocery cart. We're going to have to create a new word for him. Yes. So yes. our little show starts out with Riker and Picard on the bridge of the Enterprise, and um, they're getting ready to welcome a propulsion expert named Mr. Kaczynski onto the Enterprise so they can kind of like soup up their engine a little bit. Right. Riker thinks he's whack. Yeah. And his calculations are just nonsensical. Data too. Mm -hmm. Data too, because they perform this control test on the data that um, Kaczynski sends over and it nothing does else. nothing. Yeah. Like nothing. Zero. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's, Riker's like, why? Why, why they got to come over? Mm, so, They're like yeah. the unwanted guest. They are. <laughs> They've invited like, themselves. But you're like, lock the door and close the blinds. We're not home. Nobody's home. But Picard sends him, since he's so concerned about it. Yeah. Uh, Picard sends him to meet Kaczynski in the transporter room along with uh, Troy. Yes. So she can, well, Riker so takes Troy. she can get a read. So, yeah. So she can try to figure out what's what's happening with these folks. So Riker and Troy and who uh, a the guy named Argyle, who's a chief yeah. engineer at the time, meet Kaczynski in the transporter room. And they beam over. Uh, Kaczynski has a friend with him, his assistant. Yeah. And this guy tells them that he doesn't really have a name that anybody can pronounce. So it's like, or something, I don't know. <laughs> yes. Maybe that's it. Yes. So they don't call him anything. They just call him the assistant. Hey, you. Hey, you. <laughs> and um, Kaczynski immediately, like, out of the gate is a complete jerk. Oh. oh my God. Like. He's like, why isn't the captain here to meet me? Yeah. And hey. Who are you? 
just be gone with you, fools. Acts like he's an admiral or something. Yeah, I just, from the jump, let's not. How about, could you just not? Mm. Could we just not? I would be like, you need to turn around and yeah. go back I'm home. sorry, you're on the wrong ship. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Bye. So he demands they take him to engineering, and then he says, never mind, I know my way around starships. And dismisses him and pushes him out of the way. Yeah. I was like, hold the hell on. I know. I need to. What was his rank anyway? Don't put your hands He's on rank, him. all right. Yeah. Well, and Troy gets a, a read on him. He senses that, um, that Kaczynski is just as arrogant as he appears. Yes. Yes. So but, there's no deception. Right. That she she can tell he's just exactly as he appears. Mm-hmm. Which, have you met people like that? Like, have you met I, people who are exactly what they present to be? I have met a few, and some and sometimes that's not a negative thing. Sometimes, you know, they're yeah. they're great people, and they don't put up any pretense. And I think that that's fantastic and very rare anymore. Um, but I've also met some Kaczynskis. I think more often than not. <laughs> I meet Kaczynski's. Yeah, that's not a fun time for anybody. <laughs> no. A fun time no. is not had by all. <laughs> Definitely not. So. Definitely not. But Troy says that she couldn't get a read on the assistant. It was like almost nothing. like he wasn't even there. Hmm. Interesting. Very. So um, everybody meets down in engineering. Of course, Kaczynski has taken himself there because he knows his way around a ship. Yes. And, you know, he's under the impression that because Starfleet has ordered these upgrades to the engine that he gets to come in and boss everybody around and tell them how the cow ate the cabbage. And Riker's like, you're not so fast, Mr. Kaczynski. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't Hold you explain, there, explain yeah. to us what, what it is you plan on doing because we ran your uh, test. And he's like, and let me guess, they didn't work. Nothing happened. And he's, yeah. he wants to save them time by asking their questions for them yeah, and things like in- that. He makes the statement, um, how basic do I need? Basically, how basic do I need to be? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you you so basic, you about to catch these hands right here in the middle of engineering. <laughs> like, we catch me outside. Catch me outside. That's, that's what's happening. <laughs> yes. And so he tries to explain, but it still sounds like a bunch of hooey. Hooey. Yeah. Whatever. It's a script. Like, literally, it's a script. But Yeah, he's got his is, canned presentation yeah, ready. he does. And I've met people like that, mm-hmm. that in any situation, they um, have this script that they're just going to put off, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just enough to shut you down. So, Ooh. I know. And he also no. wants to know what that child is doing here. That's in reference to Wesley, who's doing some homework on the in engineering. He's, he's minding his own business. Could you try minding yours? He doesn't know how to. Oh, well, no. and Wesley, of course, being Wesley's making friends with the cool guy, the yes. assistant. Yes. And um, as the assistant is entering these formula into the computer, as Kaczynski puts it, he's going to save me time by entering some of my formulas for me. <laughs> okay. Okay, you think that. Anyway, so Wesley's over there making friends with the cool guy and making suggestions Yeah. about, you know, maybe this will work better and... I mean, he's like super impressed, this assistant is. Yeah, he is. And he looks at Wes in sort of a new light. So then he, I feel like, even though it's a nonverbal exchange, in that scene, he sort of takes Wes underneath his wings. So he's like encouraging and motioning Wes to stand behind him as they get prepared to, mm-hmm. you know, do what they need to do so that Wes can watch him do it. Right. He doesn't dismiss him. He doesn't automatically, you know, put him in that category. You're a child. You need to be off the bridge. This is beyond you. He, yeah. He kind of sees Wesley a little bit as having a deeper understanding than most 14-year-olds right. would have. Right. And how, hey, how about that kindness? Yeah. Chris Catan, nice. could you go sell some Girl Scout tickies somewhere <laughs> else? buy some Girl Scout cookies? I'm just saying. So um, Kaczynski is finally ready to launch this little test on their on their warp engines mm-hmm. and see what he can do to soup them up. And he tells Picard he's ready. And the captain orders uh, LaForge to take mm-hmm. him to one warp 1.5. Yes. Then something happens. <laughs> oh. Something happens. Yes. They do. And as they accelerate, Kaczynski and his assistant enter various information. Suddenly, um, an alarm goes off, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Kaczynski, in all of his, his jackassery, yes. yells at the assistant who has made an error. And outside the ship, we're seeing, you know, all of these random things go by. And you start seeing the warp drive, the lights go. Like, mm-hmm. they're they're going faster and faster and faster. Yes. 
So their their speed is off the charts. And meanwhile, Wesley, you know, is watching the mm-hmm. the traveler and notices him appearing and disappearing, like yeah. phasing in and out of our reality. Yeah. He's the only one that sees this, of course. The ship's speed is like ridiculous. They can't even, it's, right. it's not something that they, it goes to 10 and then it goes past that and they don't have any way to measure it. Measure it. And yeah, then so, they finally come to an all stop. Yeah. He, um, Captain Picard orders LaForge to reverse engines. Reverse engines, yeah. And they argue that, you know, it's never been done before at this speed and he's like no one's ever done this speed before so we're gonna have to do do can you just do what i told you to do please and thank you no more questions (laughs) right so they do it and they drop out of warp and um hey 2.7 million light years away Mm -hmm. at maximum warp it would take them 300 years to get home from where they landed so yeah that's that's, fun i mean that i don't know how i would handle that i would be like oh I get mad if I get lost in Dallas. <laughs> True. Where the, that's the long term. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot imagine being so far from home that it would take me literal hundreds of years to get back. Yeah. So not in my lifetime would I ever see my home again. Yeah. And that I think is crazy. And that would make me want to immediately punch Kaczynski in the face. You know, I've always wondered something about these starships because, you know, obviously the in, there's a complement of a thousand people on this ship, right? Yeah. Families, children, whatever. And yet you never see like the communication go out. I'm like, is there is there like email? Do they like email everybody and say, hey, update on the, you know, on this warp test. Uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we have landed 300 million yeah. or 300 years from home we're working on the problem please be patient with us while we make these upgrades i mean how do they you never hear them tell the whole ship by the way please keep your tray tables and seat backs in their complete upright position yeah i've always wondered that because obviously everyone knows what's going on how did they find out though it's like text mass text well i don't know maybe they have an email campaign or text or something yeah yeah i don't know that's crazy though and i didn't think about that (laughs) I just assume that everyone can look out their window and figure out what's going on. Yeah, this isn't home. This does not look like the yeah. Well, Kaczynski, meanwhile, is smug about the whole thing. He's Ugh. just so super proud of himself. Yes, it's made a wonderful mistake. Oh, and everybody should be happy about it because we're, we're, we're somewhere that hasn't been explored yet. And he's broken the warp barrier. He has. Yes, bro- yes absolutely. Yes. It's all about him. And that his name will go down in history. I'm um, already tired of I vomit. Vomit comes to mind garbage bells yes <laughs> like legit garbage bells like he is the king of garbage well you know wesley being wesley he's already figured out that this guy is like a complete and utter joke and he asks the assistant about it he's like so mm-hmm. from what i'm seeing kaczynski's like a total fraud um and uh he also has this little discussion with the traveler or yeah yeah with the assistant about what the the calculations that he saw him put in the computer and he says that they seem to indicate that time space and thought are not separate things but one thing Mm -hmm. and the assistant tells him um never to say such a thing again um in a world that's not ready for it Mm -hmm. so i like that i like the assistant because i think he's so gentle um and he just the character is such a sweet spirit you know Mm -hmm. very very gentle he is the watcher on the wall basically he's not arrogant he's not boastful Mm -mm. he's not in your face about what he can do he just wants to observe and i kind of i'm digging that a little bit yeah so rare yeah yeah he he knows more than any of those folks combined but yet he's very calm about it and yeah it's gently spoken um, yeah and he he does tell wesley that uh, he means no harm to the ship or the crew um mm. that he just he needs to rest that he's exhausted mm-hmm. and wesley becomes concerned because he's doesn't look well not no. that he really ever looked well no he does Grayish not look well. is not really a good color oh, on any <laughs> a little human. bit of lilac too <laughs> and he, you know uh, I can relate. My eyes sometimes look like that when I wake up, but they were yeah. like, yeah. So okay. I want to go back to that for a second. Yeah, let's because do. Because 
Here's my wait what moment mm. in this is, have you ever come across something, a thought that you knew the world or have you heard someone express something and then this day and age of social media, we hear everything. Mm. Everyone is videoing something. Right. Um, have you heard someone express something that you don't think the world's ready for? That's a good question. I don't know. I think that there's a lot of little things like that, but I mean, have is there anything left to breach? Is there any kind of subject that we that is See, I, is so far out there that we haven't at least toyed with it? I in don't our head? think it's a change in subject, really. I think it's a um, it's a alliteration basically on the same subjects. Mm -hmm. Look at movements like the Me Too movement mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, all these other movements going on where the subject is age old. Mm -hmm. However, it's still relevant, but you're still coming up against brick walls. You're still coming up against, you know, female um, politicians voting against um, violence against women bills in their states and things like that. So, you know, is the world ready to hear that this movement is not going away and this movement means something and this you know and that women are tired or not not just women anybody anybody mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know either i think that's it's a deep it's sort of a deep deep statement he made there you know not to say don't repeat this to anyone else ever in a world that's not ready to hear it. Well, I mean, honestly, there's there are, okay, I'll give you a for instance. There's mm -hmm. things that maybe somebody shares with me um, in a private message, messenger or something on Facebook or a text message to show me some information that I might not be aware of. Right. And I don't feel comfortable sharing that in the public realm because I'm going to be afraid of how people right. will look at that. Because I have, you know, whatever my information that I have in my head already that acts as a foundation to what they've just shared with me is different from someone who has never heard it before and, and then it's going to seem like completely and utterly impossible to to wrap your mind around. Right. Whereas for me it's not. So I won't share it. That's I mean that's the honest truth. Right, because the world's not ready to hear it. Yeah. They're not ready to embrace the truth of that mm -hmm. message. And so I, I just wonder, you know, and it makes me think, is it better to say nothing or is it better to just put it out there? Is it better to hold the information and bide your time? I don't know. You, you know? know how he, the, I kind of like how the traveler approach, approached it. He, he's trying to wake one person up at a time. Yeah. And he's selective about who he right. chooses. Right. And, you know, Wesley gave the indication that possibly he was that kind of person. So he, yeah. you know, he reached out. But I do like that that traveler type. Like you mentioned, he's quiet. Yeah, has reserved wisdom. Um, he's a watcher. He's he is observing. A watcher. And I've known a few people like that in my life, and they're they're some of my favorite people because they they have a quiet wisdom about them, mm -hmm. and they're not overbearing or Boastful. obnoxious mm -hmm. about what they know. They're just they kind of gently nudge information your direction and make you right. better for it. You know? Yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay, so what's happening now? We've got uh, the uh, Picard and his officers are, you know, on the bridge, and they're kind of toying with the idea of sticking around because, uh, I mean, they are somewhere they have never been before, and they have the opportunity to explore. But the ever level-headed captain... Yeah, he's like, dude, I want to go home. Yeah. So, um, great, you know this place is out here. Maybe use the next ship you pop on when I kick your butt off. <laughs> um, and make sure it's a science yeah. vessel. And, um, Bring it back. Yeah. It, but meanwhile, I want to go home. They ain't got no Whataburger out here. That's right. I'm, I'm needing some... spicy some... ketchup. <laughs> See? Spicy ketchup. If you're up north and you don't know what Whataburger is or spicy ketchup, you need to come. It's beautiful. Come down here it's and have some thing. of the best stuff ever. Yes. So Kaczynski sets up, sets up to go home, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they again go to warp, warp 1.5, and Riker gets to witness this whole phasing in and phasing out of the assistant. Yeah, finally. but at this point, 
um, before they try, Wesley tries to tell Riker oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. about it, and Riker sort of brushes him off as a, you know, not now. Shut up, Wesley. Yeah, I can't, I can't do this now. I can't hear you. You're a child. And yeah, you have nothing to bring to the table. They better recognize. Mm-hmm. Well, they, uh, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> and then he sees sees the assistant doing this phasing in and phasing out. Kaczynski, meanwhile, is at the at the middle console in engineering, yeah. uh, randomly punching numbers and who knows what they do. And he's screaming, this isn't working. Mm-hmm. This is not working. I don't know what's wrong. Of course you don't, because you be an idiot, mm-hmm. an idiot. And now the, shoot, the ship shoots off again. Yeah. Even further. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're a billion yes. light years away from the Milky Way. In the other direction. Yeah. Wrong way. So. So they're truly, now where no one has gone before. They're, yeah. <laughs> it's the edge of the known universe, as far as they understand. Yeah. And Picard orders a full stop. Yeah, I would too. And I've got like pretty little blue lights dancing all over <laughs> the place outside. It's very pretty. I think they It just, looks like Alaska. Yeah. They <laughs> describe Alaska. Kind of gives me some anxiety. <laughs> um, they say it's clouds of cosmic dust and energy beings swim in a never-ending blue abyss so sort of like being so nice. under the ocean so mm-hmm. maybe you're at the ocean floor oh maybe i don't know it sounds nice yeah sounds like a vacation yeah till you figure out that you're never going home <laughs> so picard asked data where are we and data says um we're at the edge of this known universe where none have gone before and <clears throat> that thought gives me a little anxiety. Yeah, I'm like, um, yeah, it makes me think of Alaska. It really again, does. <laughs> there's, 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 there's no highway here, so I know Mm-mm. I can't get back on it and go back home. Nope. So, <laughs> so Kaczynski, Riker, and Argyle uh, head up to the bridge to <laughs> explain. Yeah, you got some explaining to do. Uh, you know, you can't explain something that you don't know about, but he tries. Uh, Kaczynski tries, and you know, kind of tells Picard, well, you should be, you know, really excited to be out here. And this is a chance to explore. And Picard brings up a very good point. He said, how would we report our observations and yeah, it's into gonna take, whom? It's going to take like 57 years for a message to get back to yeah. Starfleet Command. Yeah, and who who too? So yeah. that was fun. Now, now that they're out here in the, you know, nowhere, and the blue the abyss the pretty blue lights are dancing around there's something else dancing and that's the visions of sugar plums dancing in their heads oh my god they are tiptoeing through the tulips on this one you know it's like everybody took a hit of acid or something and they are seeing all sorts of stuff and they don't know what's going on at first I think it starts with Worf. Yeah, he he sees his pig Mm -hmm. and it was his childhood pet and it looks like Pumba. <laughs> yes. And he tells, he tries to explain to Tasha what it is. And and Tasha's like, so you're telling me that thing is like a kitty cat? And he's like, yes, I suppose it is. <laughs> um, no, just no. On, on just side note, mm-hmm. that beautiful little Russian pig mm-hmm. name was Emmy Lou. Emmy Lou the pig. Emmy Lou. It was cute. She was cute. So I guess that kind of brings the whole kitty cat thing brings something to Tasha's mind and all of a sudden her childhood pet appears on the console a little yeah. orange tabby and she's like where did you come from and she grabs her up and she's petting her and then all of a sudden she is no longer there Tasha right. is gone right she is um smack in the middle of her weird reality yeah mm-hmm. of her memories basically yeah. um and here we come with the rape gangs again and I got to tell you, I'm not comfortable with this. Mm-mm. I don't know what they are. I'm waiting for them to show back up so someone can explain. Um, I'm preparing myself to be pissed. But she's Let running from just, them, whoever they are. Yeah. Yeah, she is. And then... Um, LaForge. Cap- mm-hmm. Well, LaForge pops oh, yeah. her out of it. LaForge touches her shoulder and is like, Tasha. <laughs> yeah. And she comes out of it. But she's shaken nonetheless because here she was mm-hmm. right smack in the middle of her nightmare. And she, he's like, you're okay now. You're okay now. Yeah. Meanwhile, the captain is um, gets on the turbo lift to go somewhere. And when he steps out, he nearly steps out in the middle of space. Yeah. Hello. And, you know, I have to wonder, like, would he really have stepped out into space? And we'll get to that in a minute because yeah. the thought, thought is reality thing. You yeah. Know? I don't know. So, obviously, 
it, it can do something to you because they were these things were physically there the the targ even though it was there for a minute it was yeah, still there it was the cat there. was still there yeah so you know would he have stepped into space maybe well he throws himself back into the turbo lift and closes his eyes and the doors open back up and he's in the corridor so that's that's cool yeah where he meets two people running through the hallway screaming that something is chasing them yeah he doesn't see what this is but yeah um nobody really knows what that was right that's that's another it was a kind of a wait what for me it seems like sometimes other people can see what you're envisioning and other times they can't exactly there was really no consistency to that i was a little confused because tasha could see Worf's Targ, but um, yeah, Picard could not see what was chasing these two fools down the hallway. Right. So. But later he sees a guy with fire in front yes. of him. So, yes. I mean, like, it just, it was kind of hit and miss there on what people could see that you were envisioning. Yeah. Um, here you go, kids. Don't do drugs. There go. <laughs> well, there's a string quartet playing. Oh, yeah, yeah. One and there's of, yeah. a ballerina dancing in the cargo bay. What was she dancing to? <laughs> well, it was some, oh, the Waltz of the Chocolate Donut. Yes. That was the name of it, the Waltz of the Chocolate Donut. That's hilarious. I, I want to dance to the Waltz of the I just want a chocolate donut. donut. Can Let's we be real it. for a second? Oh, we'll be right back. <laughs> I need me some donuts. And, yeah, she's in the cargo bay, and he's like, Ensign or whatever. Ensign. Yeah. And she stops, and she's just in regular uniform after that. But, I mean, she's dancing around there in a tutu. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. Um, so the captain is kind of getting a little glimpse of what's happening here. He's he's noticing that mm-hmm. something is definitely wrong. Um, and that whatever they're thinking is obviously... Manifesting. Becoming, yeah. yeah. Manifesting. In fact, he... Um, is in the corridor and runs into his maman. Yeah. And that was it's so sad. It was so sad. <laughs> and she was so dang cute. I'm just I saying. know. Little she little was like, French come accent. and sit, Jean-Luc. You look tired. Have some tea. You need to have some tea. And yes. yeah, that was, and he begins to sit and talk with her um, and of course gets interrupted. But I was semi-devastated for him that that conversation was interrupted. Me too. Ugh, if he just hadn't turned his yeah. head to talk to Riker. Riker interrupts him, Picard turns around, and then he turns she's back gone. around and she's gone. Mm-hmm. And that was really sad. So he orders everybody to general quarters and yeah. says that they all need to try to control what they're thinking because apparently they are in a place where thought becomes reality. Well, and apparently general quarters is a command to prepare for battle that dated back to early naval tradition. And I so have no idea. That's by the 23rd century, the term had been adopted by Starfleet for use aboard the Federation starships as a stage of red alert to describe the ship's condition of maximum readiness. Got it. Okay. That is interesting. So, I had no idea. It's generally, looks like it says the general quarters order typically issued as a call for all hands to man their battle stations, but could also vary in state by a number of conditions. Hmm. All right. So, and it was actually phased out by the late 24th century. So, there we go. No more general quarters. Yes. So, in engineering, uh, where the captain has now gone, um, Mm -hmm. Riker tells the captain that the assistant was actually responsible for these upgrades all along, Mm -hmm. that Kaczynski is, in fact, a fraud, and... And was very honest about the whole situation. He tells the captain that Wesley tried to tell him about it, but yeah. he didn't listen. He said he tried to tell me twice. I did not listen. Yeah. So that was kind of big of him, you know, for not. Yeah, and Dr. Crusher is there. Yeah. And she um, is examining the unconscious assistant. And um, it's, Crusher says the assistant's dying, basically. Yeah, and, and she's kind of at a disadvantage as well because... This is not a species that they've ever encountered. They have no right. idea of their physio- uh, physiology yeah. and or how to treat him. But obviously, hyposprays are like universal yeah. because they work on everybody. I'm still waiting on that um, hypospray for my fat. Same. So, so they yeah. take him to the med- medical bay. bay. Yes, mm-hmm. sick bay. And uh, 
of course, Wesley comes down there because he's he's already he's his friend. He's his friend, and he knows he's sick. And then you know he's heard his mom say he's dying. Yeah. And Picard's like all being gruff, saying, "Well, no, you have to wake him, wake him." And Wesley's like, "Please, just let him rest. Just let him rest." So that kind of broke my heart because I'm I like, know. "It's well, sad. You're so little. <laughs> you are so little." And I see Picard's point too, though, because he's afraid that they're going to destroy themselves just with yeah. thought. You yeah. know, what if somebody imagined the ship blowing up? Oh. That would be over for all of them. Sister, yeah. That's not cool. So he's, you know, he really is anxious to wake this fella up and, and have a conversation with him and find out who he really is or what he really is. Yeah. And they do. Uh, Dr. Crusher hyposprays him and he wakes up. Yeah, he does. And he um, starts telling Captain Picard a little bit about himself. He's a traveler. He's what he they call is. a traveler. He, he, and his, he and his people have this ability to... From another plane yes. of existence. Not not just another galaxy. He's from another plane of existence. Traveling through the galaxy to observe them and using his knowledge of propulsion. He's hitched rides on Starfleet ships. Yes, he's been using Kaczynski as an Uber driver. Yeah, he's his beard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. This is the face of. Yes. Yes. He does mention that humans should not be this far out, that he has made a mistake and that humans should not be that far out into the middle of nowhere Yeah, until they learn to control their thoughts. Right. And, um, but they are. I mean, that's what, that's the reality that they're dealing with. They are there. And Riker, this is funny, Riker's like, so why, if that's so, if if you exist and you and your friends can all do this, then... How come we haven't seen you before? <laughs> He's like, you're not that interesting. Yeah, you're not that interesting. <laughs> really, Riker? You're not that deep. It's not that important. He's like, oh, the arrogance. I didn't come for you. I came for Wesley. Yes, and Wesley, meantime, is begging them, please just let him rest. Yeah. Know, leave him alone. And they just don't have that luxury because they, they are at the verge of destroying themselves with their thoughts. Yeah. So Picard asks him if he can get him home, yeah. get them home, and, and he says that he'll try. He'll do his best, yeah. And then he wants to, but he wants to speak to Captain Picard alone for a minute. Yeah. And this is, this is where things get really kind of interesting for me. Yeah. Uh, so everybody exits and it's just Picard the Traveler. Um, and the Traveler asks Picard if, if he's familiar with music, which is funny because, you mm-hmm. know, Picard is a mm-hmm. music buff and he loves um, classic yes. music, classical music. And so he, Picard, he, he compares Wesley to Mozart, and Mozart being a, a child prodigy himself mm-hmm. and writing these very extravagant and amazing symphonies at a very, very young age. And he kind of makes that tie-in with Wesley basically telling Picard, you know, you're dealing with a prodigy, except it has to do with time, space, and thought. Right. And pro- propulsion and these things like that, that he understands. He will have the ability yeah. to manipulate time, um, space, and thought. Mm-hmm. And he urges him not to not to say anything. So, you know, no matter how hard Picard tries, he cannot get away from being a mentor to children. <laughs> right. He keeps on getting volunteered for that position, whether he likes it or right. not. Right. So he tells him, you know, please don't keep my secret. Please don't please don't discuss this with Wesley or, or his, his mother mm-hmm. um ever. Right. And just encourage um, him. And yeah, just encourage him. Pave the way, basically. Um, and then again, he weakens, and Picard helps him to Riker, and Riker then assists him to engineering, and Picard goes to the bridge. Meanwhile, he has to run through a fire first. Yeah, he, got, he has to help this crewman use his mind to put out the fire that he has started in his mind. <laughs> yeah. It's a very vicious circle, I, this mind stuff. I don't understand. So the traveler then prepares um, to engineering and Picard makes the shipwide announcement. He tells everyone to concentrate on home and on the traveler's well-being mm-hmm. because we need to lend him our strength. And I thought that was beautiful. Yes. Um, because I think in this day and age, we do see a lot of Kaczynski's a lot of I'm out for me I'm looking out for number one I don't care about you Mm -hmm. I'm going to use you know I'll step on your head on the way up Mm -hmm. and um, I think that people forget that we are dealing with other people Mm -hmm. and so sometimes it's okay when someone is at their weakest to lend them your strength and to say you know 
Um, if you can't stand, I'll help you. Right. Between the two of us, we can yeah. get through this. Yeah. Right. And I think that's awesome. That is awesome. And not to make light of anything, but Troy and her I, <laughs> her sense of well-being again. <laughs> I know. She's like, it's just joy. It's so beautiful. I feel nothing but joy. Oh, I love it. She's now coming down off the high. She's in the good good. Yeah. So, so they sing Kumbaya. And, yeah. <laughs> yes. And um, they engage their engines mm-hmm. again. And with the help of the tra- Oh, uh, you know, let's mention this too. The Traveler, even after having... Now, understand he was using Kaczynski as an Uber driver. That's cool. He had his reasons. But Kaczynski, and mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, was actually using the Traveler too to you know beef up his ego and elevate his position or whatever and after being found out as a fraud he kind of was without it's kind of like the emperor's clothes he was just sitting there you know without any (laughs) naked and afraid (laughs) naked and afraid (laughs) he had nothing i mean he had brought nothing to the table at this point yeah and the the traveler asked him he said i'm going to need mr kaczynski to enter his right his part his part and he's like, you need me? <laughs> you need me? He really needs really me. Need me. Yeah, I... I don't think people that are like Kaczynski get humbled that easily or that quickly. Absolutely not. Let me just say, that is definitely Hollywood. That's yeah. a Hollywood spin right there. <laughs> definitely, definitely not. Because he, if he was really that way, he'd be in his quarters pacing back and forth plotting his revenge. That's what he would be doing. I mean, he would still be yelling mm-hmm. that, you know, how dare you think that someone else did the things that I have done. Yes. Because it's all about me. I, we all know the classic <laughs> narcissist. It's all about me. It's yes. all about... I, it's all about number one. Oh me, my. my. Oh my. Thank you, Toby Keith. <laughs> uh, so uh, Kaczynski sits down and he starts entering his half of the calculations and mm-hmm. the traveler does his little phasing thing and Wesley is so supportive. He's like he he tell I mean he can see that the traveler is so weak that struggling. he's not going to be able to finish. Mm. And so Wesley leans over and lends him a hand basically yeah. and is sending his strength. Yes, and um you know in addition to all the people that are doing it kind of remotely. Yeah. Um and sending their their thoughts to the traveler Wesley is right there and he's fully invested in the emotional support yeah. of this guy. So um we love Wesley. Yes. I know we said that every episode, but I really do. I do. Well, Wheaton, if you're listening, we love he you. He is such a huge part of my childhood, I'm just going to say. So, Tiger Beat magazine. <laughs> I had it. It's been a minute. Him and Corey Haim and a bunch of people on my walls. That's where that was going. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do. I really enjoy him and his sweet innocence in in these last episodes. Yes. So. Precious. Yeah. Well, the the traveler does does do what he set out to do, and yes. he gets them back. But he home. not before he phases completely. Yes, out. and he's completely gone. And as Jordy put it, they they land uh, where the whole sleigh ride started. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah. And sadly, the traveler's gone. He's phased completely out of their particular corner of time space. We don't know where he went. Well, you don't know where he went. I know where he because no. I've seen the series. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> You'll find out where he goes. So at that point, they're all back on the bridge. And, um, mindful of the traveler's advice, Captain Picard calls Wesley to the bridge. I love this. And Wesley thinks that he's in so much trouble. He's afraid to come Again, off the turbo lift. He's I'm like, like okay, because that lends to the douchebaggery of Picard treating Wesley like crap for the first six episodes. I'm just putting that out there. Love him. <laughs> Now, <laughs> not so much about the way he treats children. So, um, yeah. yeah, so Wesley gets there and they have to basically command him to come off of the, the turbo lift right. or whatever. Come on to the bridge. Um, and so they have, Picard kind of has like a side conversation with Riker in front of Wesley purposefully. Yeah. Because he wanted to allow him on the bridge and let him sit down, but he couldn't do that by his own... By his own um, edict, yeah, he, he no said, children were allowed on the bridge. Right, so you couldn't come on unless you were a Starfleet officer. Right, and and so Picard asked Riker, that would be any officer, right, including like an acting ensign. Mm-hmm. And Riker's like, yeah, that would actually work. I, and at some point, Wesley interrupts, and Captain's like, "Don't interrupt, Wesley. Please don't interrupt." 
Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> yeah, and he then thanks him for his part in um, their successful return home and makes Wesley an acting ensign for conduct in the true spirit and traditions of Starfleet. Finally! Yay, Wesley! Yay. And then so this he promptly <laughs> turns around and tells Riker he needs to make him a chore chart. Like, he's yeah. going to have a, you know, a sticker list. Oh, it's a gold star today. <laughs> you get a happy face. Yeah, you get to sit here today. Don't make me move your bear. <laughs> yes, so he's, yeah, he's he's on that. Yeah. But this was funny, though. Riker asks, um, Should I send for his mother? <laughs> Picard responds, Why? Is someone sick? <laughs> he's just- like... I mean, he's I just sort it. of savage. I don't really know how else to explain it. I know. It. But I like this, though, because it's kind of a roundabout way of saying this is his accomplishment. Yeah. This is th- this promotion to acting ensign was based on what Wesley did on Wesley's own. Right. Not Didn't have anything to do with anybody else, including right. his mama. He right. did this all on his own, and he needs to be able to bask in that glory for and a And I love it. I do. I just... <clears throat> think that he's maybe a little too harsh on the boy. I love him. I like that type of person. (laughs) I I like gruff. (laughs) Oh, so let's talk about a couple of different people we encountered in this episode because the world's full of all all kinds. Yeah. And it takes all kinds. Yeah, it does. So we have the Kaczynskis of the world. The Royal Jack Wagons. Yeah. Know-it-alls. Yeah. And... I've encountered a few of those, probably not to the extent of this guy, because, you know, we are dealing with, you know, the Hollywood version of it. So it's, okay, so they've come close, though. I've totally been in situations with someone, or a few people exactly like this guy. Mm, Yeah. I, let me reminisce. I had a particular, I don't know what I should call him. Satan and his Yes, those people. Yes. And see, my the best friend minions. knows Lucy's stories. But <laughs> past career of mine, there was a particular chain of command that I answered to, and that was fine. My immediate supervisor was fantastic, and the people that I worked around were fantastic. But we had this particular person that anytime that we wanted something done or any plan that needed to be implemented, we would always approach this person and make it his idea. Because that's the only way we could get anything done yeah. because he was so concerned about credit yeah. That he would rather, I mean, he would dismiss any idea that wasn't his. Right. So we would simply say, you know, you remember that time that you you, you talked about doing <laughs> this and how that how well you thought that, that would work? I think we're, I think everybody's on board with that if you want to go ahead and, and move forward with it. Right. He will not, he had not even thought of any such thing in, in his entire life. And he'd be like, oh, you yeah, know, yeah, 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 we need to, yeah, well, I'll get right on that. We need to do that. <laughs> So that's how we got things done at our office. Yeah. Is had to, you know, had to make it his idea in order to get it done. And nobody cared about credit. We just cared about things working properly. Yeah. So we're just like, whatever. I don't know. I had um, similar situations, same sort of God complex. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, you work the in the OR, medical field. So anybody that's OR a surgeon is, um, is, has a God complex. Is, yeah. I mean, some of, lots of them do. Yeah. I will say that. Maybe lots of them do. There are some, I mean, there are a great many, let me put that out there, that don't, and that are the most wonderful Teams. teaching, mm-hmm. you know, healing people. Mm-hmm. But there are some surgeons that I've, I've, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the things that people like this, like Kaczynski get away with, mm-hmm. talking to people and berating them and basically belittling. dismissing them. Yeah. Yeah. Belittling them. Even so far as abusing them, I've had trays of instruments launched at me, uh-uh. or that launched, would... or I've been in the line of fire where they're launched at the wall, and when things aren't going well. So you know, and I that's not, not okay an everything. That. That's not every yeah. time. That was you know a, a, a couple of people. However, it it happens. It mm-hmm. happens, and how I think the true testament is not. Um, in what they say or do, but how you handle what they say or do. Mm-hmm. And I think at, at that point, you have to be sort of like the traveler. You have to be that counterbalance that sits back and mm-hmm. is the watcher and says nothing or maybe approaches them at a time where they would maybe even not receive it. But Right, because ego does, yes. does play a big part of this. And if you, know, if you, you challenge someone, someone down, mm-hmm. yes. 
you challenge someone in public, I don't, I mean, even if they're yeah. not a Kaczynski type, even if they're a gentle type, when you publicly humiliate them, there is a part of the, the human soul that wants to push back on that yes. and say, why are, why are you humiliating me? Why are me? you attacking me? Yeah, don't humiliate people. If you have something yeah. to say to them, pull them off pull the side. Pull them aside. I think, I mean, it's as little as that to but say, yeah. you know what, hey, can I talk to you for a second? Yes, may I, may I speak to you in private? And, it's and as simple know, as that. At that point, let loose. I yeah. mean, do what you got to do. Right. But, but you're right about the counterbalance, 100%. Because, you know, for every Kaczynski, there has to be a traveler that yeah. that pulls them back down to reality or answers their angry self with yes. a very gentle response. Yes. You know? And even in situations like the OR, we had a counterbalance and it was, you know, our circulator or a co-surgeon. Mm -hmm. One was off the charts and the other had to be, you know, the opposite end of the right. spectrum. And so there was the counterbalance and someone to bring someone down basically. So I never felt like, yeah, I wasn't protected in that instance. Mm -hmm. Although the instance is, it's maddening. Infuriating, for I'm real sure. That makes me mad just thinking about it. Um, I can't even fathom that. You know, it, it is what it is. Well, if we can learn anything from that particular thing, I guess it's, it's to be the voice of reason. If you have an yeah. opportunity, instead of being the angry one or lashing out, be the voice of reason that, that meets that anger with something that's the yeah. exact opposite of that. Yeah. Um, a kind word turns away wrath. I mean, that's yes, the truth. Yes, it does. It's hard to be angry and fight with someone who's not fighting back. That's right. You need to de-escalate. You have to adjust mm -hmm. and become the counterbalance. So if they're screaming it over the top, you need to be quiet. Not quiet in the sense that you don't say anything, but the voice of reason. Mild, yeah, yeah. mild mannered. Yeah, basically. All right, so there's the Kaczynski types of yeah. the world and the travelers. Let's talk about the Wesley types. They have the ones that have all the potential and are kind of underrated and flying under the radar because yeah. there's a lot of those out there too. And I think that we need to be more mindful of that. You know, in, in our generation and the one before us, the boomers, competition was everything in, in say, the workplace. Yeah. It all had to do, it all had it to do with me. corporate ladder. Yeah. yeah, climbing the ladder and you were kind of out for number one. And this is a very collaborative environment nowadays, and I, I've said this before, I do thank the millennials for that. I think that there's been a change for the better in that regard, and that there are a lot of folks with potential out there if we're to seek them out and not concentrating so much on ourselves that we fail to realize the value of those around us. Yes. And actually be you know, intentional about trying to find someone's strong suits yeah and it, it brings to mind what is it that that saying works smarter not harder yes. um because yes as a control freak <laughs> i want to do it all and i will continue to take on task and take on task and take on task until i am so overwhelmed, overwhelmed that i don't know how i'm going to get it done and i will lose sleep because i will get it done and that's that's my personality is i'm going to get it done right. regardless you're a driver and that's a yeah. good thing but the control freak part of you is going to yeah. cause yourself to be buried in so much yes, that you can't all the time breathe. all the time yeah so I feel like Let it go. that is, Let it yes, go. need an Elsa moment. Yes. I feel like that is where they get it right now is that they do sort of observe and let people's strengths shine. Instead of everybody being overwhelmed, everybody has their uh, niche and is yeah. does a bang up and job is on at it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with that. Well, you know, the the traveler um had told these guys whenever he was finally admitting who he was and where he was from that thought is the basis of all reality and it's the basis of where you are now and this is when they were in the it's Alaska the essence. it's, it's the essence, essence of where, where you, are. you are now I mean this is when they were in Alaska with the blue lights you know, <laughs> in the abyss in the abyss at the edge of the galaxy because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what Alaska is <laughs> Christy has Alaska issues I just do. so you know I have a phobia of Alaska never we will never do an Alaskan cruise uh, uh, where we do a podcast because Christy will not be on no, the boat I would she not won't either. do it thought is the essence of where you are now yeah. And he also says thought is the basis of all reality. And we had kind of a discussion with some folks about that. And your mindset affects the outcome. Yes, it does. And it takes us back to one of the previous episodes. We did speak about that where mm -hmm. I feel fear. We were talking about fear, fear. being the mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do think that your mindset controls the outcomes. 
your thought process is the essence of your reality. You have to be cautious and control your thoughts like yeah. like the captain told them to do because otherwise you can think yourself into a very bad situation. True you know, read things story. into things that aren't there. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. I've met people that like read malicious intent into very benign comments and I've seen this over and over again over the last couple of days. An innocent comment will be met with absolute venom. For yes. no reason, I'm like, what? where did that even come from? And it's because whoever it is that responded read that in their own reality. They perceived it as a threat, and then they mm -hmm. responded in kind. Well, they you obsess. Mm -hmm. I feel like I tend to start picking things apart because that's the control freak in me. I know, I, I'm an I overthinker, need too. To, I'm very linear in my thinking, so I need to know how A got to B, got to C, got to D, even mm -hmm. though my part is, you know, in the Gs over here. So I begin to pick apart everything and mm -hmm. I will obsess over it and read things into it. Mm -hmm. Part of it, I believe, is because we're not face to face as often right. as we need to be. So whenever someone sends that emoji or doesn't use the particular punctuation or accidentally switches to all caps in the middle of their text message, all of a sudden we're like, oh, well, what did they mean by that? I'm the world's worst at that. <laughs> you're I always send all yelling. my work emails in all caps. Oh my God, you're all yelling. You're a yeller. <laughs> But I mean, our younger generation, everything means something to them. They're not doing face-to-face. -face. They're trying to put human characteristics into a text message and, right. and trying to read the face and of the text message. And you cannot tell a tone yes. via text message or email or any sort of electronic communication. And so then they they go berserk because they don't know what has happened. Yeah. I think we, we learned a little bit. We learned about the Kaczynskis. We learned about the Wesleys. There's also the Picards, the level-headed, open-minded kind. I was kind of proud of him for being open-minded about the whole thing and, yeah. and realizing that, you know, hey, that's a pretty good explanation that, that thought and time and space are all connected. I don't know that I would have been that open-minded. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have put it together. What else? I don't know. I think uh, this was a good episode. It's getting better and better it, all the time, isn't it? Come on, admit it. Slightly. Okay, that's, I'll take slightly. it. I'll take it. I'm okay with it. However... Let me just tell you what I did this week. Tell me. I watched Picard this week. I know it. And it oh my God. If the next generation was done like this, I'd be all in flying jellyfish and the naked now. All things considered, I would be all in. Um, the, I'm hooked, I think, on Picard, and it will be something that I love it. We'll have to talk about, but yeah, it's awesome. It is the awesome. scoring is oh my god, amazing. The scoring, the colors, the look and feel, yeah. the scripting, it's just beautiful, yeah. folks. We'll do. We'll try to do a special episode on it. Next week's episode is going to be season one, episode seven of the Next Generation, and it's called "Lonely Among Us." Mm. And I vaguely remember this and I think it's sad but I'm not sure. Anyway you'll have to tune in next week to find out <laughs> until then. Bye! Hey Kitty here we want to encourage you to subscribe to our podcast rate, review, leave us a comment. We love hearing from you till next time. Bye! Bye.